everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Juke Joint. I am your host, Jacob Whitmer, joined once again by my wonderful friend, Aaron New. Hey, what's going on? How are things happening over there? Things are the happening, West? happening like normal, except, I'm not going to talk about it, weather, weather, that's probably the only big news of the week, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, for once it's actually snowing, I, 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 I can mention that. Ooh, the biggest... finally, you've got the snow, yeah. we've got the warmth over here, so really? I guess things have, tables have turned. Uh, finally. I missed it. I haven't seen it for a while, so it's nice. But uh, enough about that fun topic. Um, yes, everyone's favorite thing when we open the show with a weather report. Uh, tax season is, is upon us. <laughs> oh my god, we did this before. Stop. You and your dreadful <laughs> I'm trying to think of the ab- absolute worst things I could talk about to kick off the show. But, Why do uh, you do this? Why do you do this to, the, to me? No, but uh, the only exciting thing I've done this Slow week was... Uh, found this website, a bunch of YouTubers come I come across called Skillshare, and they're like, oh, you know, we all these cool deals and all these cool classes and stuff. So I went on there and I found some like marketing stuff. I'm trying to like brush up my skills with uh, with like marketing and stuff because I want to go into like freelance work eventually with video and photo and that sort of thing. I figure I probably should get a basis of you know knowing how to market myself. So that was pretty so much. So what Aaron is saying is that this episode has been brought to you by Skillshare. <laughs> Receive twenty uh, percent off your first subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe they will. We should say, hey, we're a startup. You gonna sponsor? <laughs> then, then we'll actually get some money off of this. <laughs> hey, we're making we're making pennies per episode. We're doing all right. Ah oh, man, those those glorious pennies. <laughs> they come to you, and then you have to mail them to me. But of course, in order to pay for the postage, you have to use those pennies. So yeah. It's like oh. <laughs> so we're we're just, so it's so it's I lose, just keep lose getting here. empty envelopes every week. My and I'm but like, what is this? The anticipation's fun at least, and then you open it, it's just pure disappointment. But that's enough about money and all that jazz. What's uh, what's going on with you on your end? You know, I, n- not much is happening with me. I'm, I'm busy working on editing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to come up with some plans for live stream things. Yeah. Um, because I've, it's fascinating being in the YouTube game, and in some sense being in the YouTube game with a trend that YouTube no longer really enjoys yeah because <laughs> some bad eggs in the gaming scene really kind of wrecked youtube's uh you know business appearance mm-hmm. i guess you would say so now a lot of that community has shifted over to twitch and i keep trying to figure out how to do competent live streams but the industry on twitch has like grown so much over the past like four or five years that if i look at people live streaming now they've got all these things like that i've been into integrated into their stream like subscribers and bits and like sound bites and things like that and i'm just like what are these things <laughs> i'm so confused i'm like what what you can do this how did they get that going what system are they using so I, i've got like all these ideas i've been writing down about things i'd like to do for potential live streams in the future because i can tell that that's where the audience is kind of shifting in terms of the audience that would watch something like a game again well i feel like i feel like youtube is the, not just not just live stream, but the whole gaming platform in general. They ha- they have a little bit of um, I guess they have some features specific to gaming creators, that sort of thing. Why not? If you're gonna do live streams, why not simulcast on both? But like mainly focus on Twitch. That seems to be where the audience is. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of people who are now really really popular on YouTube who are just who are like Twitch 
primaries. Mm-hmm. So they'd live stream and then they'll like post clips of their live streams on their YouTube channels and they're really successful with it. Yeah. See, I have uh, one of the guys I follow is similar. He um, he plays like a lot of Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, but he does Twitch live streams, which he does simulcast on a YouTube channel, which does live streamings. And then he takes clips of that and puts it on his main YouTube channel, which then, you know, garners the bulk of his, his views and stuff. And that's what he does full time. Um, I mean, I got some ideas of what I would be doing. I think the thing I would most want to do is that games that I think are either not worthy of the full-blown gaming weekend trend or I think would be either so long or so repetitive that they would become really monotonous if I dragged them out over like long weekend stretches. Mm -hmm. Those would be things that I would like to do on live stream. But I also recognize that the person who would have more ideas for live streams would be the uh, head of the label, Nick Perong. And I know he's got a setup of doing live streams on his own and that's fine and I know inevitably I would be doing those streams on his channel anyway Mm -hmm. so I'm certain he wants to be the one to really call the shots on the live stream thing and that's fine it's all power to him he can do it Um, so it would be a matter of like me learning the tools and then teaching the tools to Nick so that way then he can be the head of running it all yeah so I'm trying to like figure out how to really get that to function in a way that pleases everybody and also results in really really good content yeah well I think especially the content which is not a slam on Nick I hope people don't think that like if they're listening that I'm like slamming Nick or anything that's more me just you know it's it's the inevitable thing of like you have an idea and then you have to run it through a third party yeah to get it to happen when you could just do it on your own <laughs> but you want to involve the third party yeah like that is always a tricky tricky thing no matter who you're working with or whoever you are so. yeah well especially that group that that whole group that you you're involved with I'd be interested to see if there was a transition over to Twitch what sort of growth potential there is there because the content to me is pretty entertaining the games are cool I think the gameplay within it is is super fun too but uh, I don't know I I, I me and my relative my, my relative nom excuse me relatively low knowledge of uh, of the online gaming community it seems like Twitch is where the uh, where the where the money is it, I guess <laughs> it's where the audience is and the thing is is that I've talked to Nick about this in the past and he is not as big into the live stream thing uh-huh. he doesn't mind doing them but he doesn't like watching them and he's not into the reposts yeah which is fine i mean that's everyone's preference i kind of agree with him on that i'm not really big into watching like reposts of live streams on youtube and everything Mm -hmm. but i also recognize that that's where the audience is shifting to and he does too so we both kind of agree that it would be something that's worth our time of getting more and more invested in but it is like when and how do you pull that off exactly that's it is literally like after like almost 10 years of learning youtube and just i I think now just finally starting to figure out how to do it properly yeah (laughs) like then to like then have to throw all that out and then learn a new rule book with completely different tools tricky yeah tricky to do so that's the downside to these platforms that are ever evolving it's it's so strange we're we're both the we are the generation that are both the vanguards of these new tools and also like continuously having to relearn how to use them Mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's an odd phenomenon day to day they're changing i mean it's insane yeah so uh this is a little story before we get into the big official news that we're going to talk about (laughs) on the show here. I want to bring up a personal thing. So, last week... I listened to the rough mixes of tracks that are being destined for the next What's Missing record. Oh, yeah. I'm quite impressed. 
About 80% of them are instrumentals. The vocals haven't been laid down yet, and mm-hmm. the ones that are are either rough vocals or guide vocals. Yeah. Um, but I can tell from what I'm hearing that I'm going to like the record when it comes out. Yeah, well, it's a, it, these songs we've spent... Let's see. Oh, some of these we, we've been working on since 27... No, 16, 15, 16, right around then. Um, so, yeah, some of these songs are... We, we, we've had, you know, kind of in the catalog for a while, and we've played some of them live, and they're not relatively... Some of them aren't really new songs, but they're new to be recorded. Uh, but anyways, you know, we, we've put a lot of work into these songs, and uh, progress is... I mean, it's it's it comes and goes. It's just with everyone's lives, you know. It's kind of that weird transition of getting out of college and trying to figure things out. So, you know, progression comes and goes. But I think finally we're getting to a point where we're getting the, the record done, finally have a full length, which we've wanted for, like, you know, the past five and a half years since we've been a band. I timed it out. You guys are at about 33 minutes, which is short, but still pretty acceptable for a rock. Oh, yeah, and those, those aren't even... I mean, there's songs that I don't have a hold of yet that are uh, that they've been, you know, demoed at least and that are going to be on the record. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to it's gonna come in probably a good 10, 11 songs maybe. I don't know. It'll be it'll be a lengthy project for us, but uh, yeah, hopefully... I'm I'm hoping by summertime we have something ready. But, I sent uh, you a uh, I sent you my uh, suggested track sequencing. Mm-hmm. Did you hear, did you check that out? Uh, I, I remember you, I, you got it to me, but I was like in a rush when you sent it to me. So I ended up not getting to like sit down and pick it out in that order. But you know, the whole track listing thing, I, I'm kind of leaving it to Zane because Zane's at least in my mind with the way we, we the way we do music. Um, there's like an instrumental vibe that we have kind of throughout, but then I think vocally, like the the storytelling with the vocals and the lyrics and stuff. I think that's where the progression will be. So I think once that's fledged out, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to him to figure out. <laughs> All right. But yeah. So. so anyway, now into a bunch of news. Oh, yeah. It's time for News Central. Let's open, let's open things up with uh, a story that from perspective could be either really upsetting or, in my perspective, pretty gosh darn funny. <laughs> So, the fashion designers Gucci, they came out recently with their design for, I guess, what would be considered winter clothing or autumn clothing. It's a sort of lean sweater, but the neck stretches up to the bottom of the face and doubles as a a kind of scarf with a little hole for the mouth. Which, Which, you know, practically not a bad idea. I think that it could work out pretty decently. Yeah. I think that I've heard worse ideas for clothing. Now, I don't know how this slipped by their uh, whole company. <laughs> but uh, it, they finally posted on their social media at some point the, uh, des- the final designs for what they were going to do and how they were going to release it. And... Uh, it was a black sweater with a little red ring around the <laughs> the mouth hole. It's oh god. And there is no other way I can phrase this, but it looks shockingly similar to the very very awful f- phenomenon known as blackface. <laughs> Is it bad that the first thought I had when I saw a sweater was like the whole, you know, Virginia State Legislature? Just that whole mess? Oh, yeah, that, that one, well, like, it, it, congressperson who dressed up as, like, young Michael Jackson. Yeah, well, take a step back with the sweater real quick. Okay, so in concept, I think it's 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 functional, you know? I think it's functional. I think literally this would not be the worst idea I'd ever seen if the color palette was different. 
Yeah, well, okay, well, because there's there's two colors. There's black and there's red. So the use of the red around the mouth, that's, and the whole, the fact it looks like blackface is just, like, crazy enough. The black it's, sweater in itself, though, the fact it comes up to, like, does it cover the nose? I can't tell. It covers the nose. Yeah, it, it looks like somebody cut, like, the top off a gimp suit and then cut it at the waist, and that's <laughs> what this is. Like, it's... Like I said, in, in concept, I it guess does. it's a good idea. But I didn't just even think of it like that. Every single People application, you know, once it was actually modeled is just... No, 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 God, no. I mean, people online were really pissed about it because they were like, oh, blackface, blackface, blackface. But now that you've added the S&M component yeah, to it, that's another thing. I'm like, how'd <laughs> they not notice this? Because you're right. I mean, it's it's literally not until I see, like, the full body shot where it is literally just the only thing that's not covered up is the eyes and the top of the head yeah. and the ears. And I'm like, yeah, if you just made that full, like, skeletal, that would be straight up just a cloth S&M <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i didn't even think of that so yeah multiple it. things like how the hell does a company like gucci do, uh, that's why i'm thinking like either somebody is just really that ignorant and they're in their in their in the company or are they or maybe just, they put it out there to say like hey we're still relevant i don't know i've seen companies do that well like but that doesn't make sense to me why would gucci of all companies be like hey we're still relevant they're like the most relevant fashion designers like of now. They're yeah. like the one that every single hip hop artist is like adding in their lyrics. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't know if I would wonder about them staying relevant. I think the concept is literally just someone had an idea mm -hmm. and then whoever designed the color palette really fucked up. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's like, I mean, that just to me, uh, that whole incident is literally just that. It's an incident. I don't really view it as a company intentionally being racist. I think it's literally just someone was very, very dumb. Well, the way the industry works, too, it's like they hire as many designers as they can, and they just kind of like everyone's spending their time designing, and then if you happen to have something that goes through, then that you know that's how you make your living, and then I just, I guess... Oh, and the problem is, this too, just is got that, through. you know... <laughs> When it shouldn't and have. the problem is too is that quite frankly, like it is one of those things like black and red is a pretty well known color combination. Mm -hmm. Like there is a sort of like okay, because the thing is that with colors and design, there are complementary colors and there are primary colors, and it's like those things of like different mixtures are more vibrant and pop out at more. Yeah. So red is likely to pop out against a uh, black color. Yeah. So I mean, in the design sense, it's like okay, well, you know, there's a lot of things that are like primarily red and black, and no one gets upset at them you don't however design a sweater that's supposed to go up to the mouth and then have it be all black and then have the mouth bit be giant red to accentuate the lips mm -hmm. because there's only one thing people will think of <laughs> when you do that <laughs> so it's like that that to me is just literally someone like completely blind to like that <laughs> like what was wrong with that design yeah <laughs> it's just it's so god it's so corny to look at it's so dumb i mean it's literally one of those things like i mean i i can't look at it and be like oh gucci's racist i look at it and i'm like gucci's full of idiots i know <laughs> <laughs> someone was like hey I got this great idea, and then no one thought twice about it. <laughs> so, anyway, that I thought was an amusing little antidote mm -hmm. to kick off the show. Yeah. If, I really... I wish we could post the photo. I mean, I wish there was a way to, if we were like a video podcast or something, but... <laughs> I think eventually down the line, what we might do is we'll do like a video addendum to this, but we need to get all the components together. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, Lord knows we've been having enough trouble with our audio recording anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we're spending like an hour trying to figure out the mic levels and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, for anyone so, listening, just go look Gucci. What, what would you Google to find it? Like Gucci Black. Dress, I just typed it? in Gucci, I think. Didn't I? I, I think guess I it's pretty relevant like, at this point. I mean, it's literally like, let me see. If I go to Google and type in Gucci, it's literally like the first thing that pops up. Yeah. That probably, like that'll probably Gucci. also fall out of the news pretty quick, though. So. It was. So I was like, I want to get this in at the top of the episode because it's something that I don't foresee um, people discussing like within a month. Yeah. But it is something that would be worth. Uh, I thought it was make it worth making fun of. Yeah. So speaking <laughs> anyway. of things to make fun of, let's talk about. Uh... You like left me on a lurch of that transition. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, what? what are we talking about next? I see what are we the, talking about next? Two, on the list of things, now? the list of things we have on uh, to talk about this week include two people being arrested for two very different things. Yes, which I find, I find it interesting actually. Let's talk about let's talk about the one that I am actually semi interested in. That's the uh, the whole Twenty One Savage with Ice. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Twenty One Savage is a uh, rapper. I have never heard his music, but that's breaks for me. He's a rapper that I discovered after this that he is not American. <laughs> well, he's based in Atlanta. Yeah. But um, the immigration central uh, authorities have uh, said that he faces deportation and a 10-year ban from re-entering the country. Um, so I guess he's a UK national, it says here, according to NBC News. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading off the NBC News thing. The UK national, whose real name is, oh, I'm going to screw this up, Shia bin Abraham Joseph, quote, never hid his immigration status from the US government and has a pending U visa as the victim of a crime, his attorney Charles Cuck said in a statement. So... I, mean, I find it crazy. It's like he's, I think his visa expired in like 2006. So he's been like going... Oh, Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is so that the story? That's what that's what I saw. Yeah. So like 13 years in the U.S. without like a without any legal status, and um, and I think I think his lawyer was hired by Jay Z because Jay Z is trying to help him like get off and like you know get back to do whatever it is he does. But uh, well, I mean, <laughs> whatever it is he does. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he, he just, does more he, than music. He wanders around and like people go, hey, it's 21 Savage. Uh, it's that guy, huh? But uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, ha! They literally say it like that. I already okay. Not not to get political. I already have enough problems with how ICE is run. But like, what took what took someone thirteen years to notice that? I don't know. Quite frankly, it, in my relatively low knowledge, it seems to me that the ICE always brings center stage when the government starts whipping them into shape, mm-hmm. particularly the executive branch. Because the truth of the matter is that there is another uh, precedent for a UK national artist living in the United States being like potentially deported by the ICE mm-hmm. to uh, because of you know whatever and that artist's name was John Lennon yeah oh was 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 ICE involved in that as well I'm not sure how far back that that organization goes so yeah I mean the the story there was that Lennon was protesting the Vietnam War in mm-hmm. the 70s and he was on Nixon's enemies list mm-hmm. and he was like advocating that people vote for McGovern in the 72 race mm-hmm. and because of all the other things that were that Nixon's 
people were doing for the 72 race on all the other corruption. The FBI and the deportation services began proceedings on removing John Lennon from the United States. And he fought for like five years to stay in the country. And he won, didn't he? He won after the Nixon administration was kicked out. Yeah. And Why? <laughs> after it was discovered that they were like trying to remove him for complaining about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that differentiates itself from the Trump administration. I guess we'll wait to see. <laughs> yeah, but... But, uh, yeah. But, no, I'm interested to see how it plays out because, uh, I don't know, he, he, I know he's a, he's a big figure in the field, and uh, I know it was kind of, I was, I mean, I haven't listened, I, I mean, I haven't followed his career really at all, um, but I was still kind of shell-shocked I, seeing, time, like, whoa, like, this, like, what? Like, this guy got arrested for this? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he his thing is pretty well-developing, mm-hmm. so that might be a story to be returned to as time goes on. Yeah. Depending to see how. One story that is not developing, though, and is quite close to being nice and tidy wrapped up is the other uh, rapper who has been in court recently, Takeshi69. <laughs> or whatever other 30 names he goes by. Yes, well, he pled guilty in federal court. He, he to... should. Did you see what he's charged with? Yeah, he's like, charged with uh, ra- <laughs> he's charged with racketeering, isn't he? Yeah, oh, among other things. weapons possession, and dealing heroin and fentanyl. And that's, and that's that's not including the charges he had from, like, two years ago where he was, like, all the... All the uh, I mean the, the the sexual stuff with minors and and oh god like his oh, rap sheet's terrible. That. It's absolutely I, miserable. Mm, well, he's 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 pleaded guilty to all of these charges. I think there are about nine of them, and they were all federal. Mm-hmm. So he's currently uh, facing like forty seven years in prison. I believe <laughs> is the is the number. Well, so, okay. So his original charge that might be the end of his career. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, the original charge. The thing that's frustrating to me about about his whole ordeal is. Uh, his original charge with the the whole I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I don't even know what was legally defined as. It's basically, he got this teenager and and they had this music video and I haven't seen it, thank God. But it's just like they're doing all these very sexual things in this video that were very illegal from the looks of it, yeah. or from the sounds of it. Um, but it, he got off with that charge with only like uh, like community service and it's, I th- it's, I think it's, maybe parole. But I mean, but. I don't know. Like, it is odd to me how um, like random it seems to be how different charges operate. Yeah. In the system. Yeah. So I don't know, but I just but like he was let off pretty. I'd say very very light compared to what I heard happened. And then in this case, you know, now it has become a federal issue. He's facing. It's become nine federal issues. I mean, okay. I see, mean, how old is he? He's facing what forty seven years in prison. He's facing forty seven years, and according to Wikipedia, he is twenty two years old. So he's actually which means. He was born May. He was born literally um, on. He was born May eighth, ninety six, which makes him exactly uh, two months younger than me. <laughs> and I did the math so, here. It means he won't get out of jail until he's drum roll sixty nine years old. Go! Oh, oh! Which oh. probably helps his brand. So it does. Fuck him, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, ser- I mean, nah. give give me your passion, Aaron. Oh, Let man. me hear it. That's there is scream it from the mountaintops. There, there are there are people in the industry that I don't think need to be in the industry because they just give a bad name to other people who deserve a better spotlight. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. So speaking of the industry, yeah. How about that Super Bowl show? Ooh. Uh, we talking halftime? Ooh. Or are we talking 
because because you know the games the game's the game you know you can talk about that all well, you want. Well, the game the game which I paid so little attention to, and from what I I, I actually watched the game for the show this show, mm. and uh, it was pretty boring. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a football game. I think it, I mean that's I mean I've not really been a sportsy person, so but but it's it's def, it was definitely a pretty hyped game to watch from everyone around me that was into it. So. I've always said that for me, sports is an experience, and you only really have great fun with it if you're either surrounded by other people who care, yeah. or you're actually at the venue in person. Yeah, which I guess is just an exaggerated version of the first thing. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, if you want to talk, if you want to talk halftime show and you want to talk commercials, I'm all about that because I followed that. Okay, well, let's start out. Let's start off with commercials because we can like those are pretty small. Yeah. Let's talk about those. Which the, so, yeah, were there ones that stood out to you? Because I'm curious to know what uh, what stood out in your mind. Well, I'm pulling up here my notes as I wrote them down during the show. Let me see if I can find it. Oh yeah. So let's see here. They had a Abe Lincoln Pizza Hut commercial, which I thought was pretty annoying. I did not see that one. It was early in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stella Artois ad was amusing, if only because Jeff Bridges as the dude. Dude is always wonderful. Did you catch the? I saw a, a version of it with the the Dose Keys, the most interesting man in the world. He was there. Sarah Jessica Parker was there as her character from Sex and the City. I was I, I was I was really excited about the the whole Dose Keys dude because it reminds me of the is it Sprint that took the uh, Can you hear me now guy? Oh uh, yeah, Sprint did that. Yeah. They took him and it was like the same thing. It's like the most interesting man in the world who always drinks or always drinks Dose Keys and now Dose here Keys. now here he is suddenly appearing back in popular culture drinking Stella Artois. It's like, oh, oh, oh. He was there, but I, I think he ended up getting kind of smothered by Jeff Bridges and Sarah Jessica Parker. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the dude, man. Yeah, Stella Artois. <laughs> Though, like, come on. Him, <laughs> him, the dude drinking something fancy like Stella Artois when he's a white Russian man himself, like, that's, I don't know. Let's take it, oil. Let's, let's step back here. Stella Artois, have you had it before? No. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a fancy drink. It's just, uh... <laughs> It's 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 a it's a decent beer. I'll give it that. But I wouldn't decent. say it's like it's like it's like Heineken where it's not really that amazing. It's just branded to look really nice, you know. But hey, I mean, I opinions. can't tell the difference. Quite frankly, to me, I, I only have my one cocktail, <laughs> which is Smirnoff vodka, orange caracho, and whipped cream, and that is some good stuff. See, I can talk beer all day, so. I try. I know you can. <laughs> when I was with you guys on the What's Missing tour, we went to when we were in Indianapolis. We went to some pub and like you guys and uh, I was like, I think I was trying Trevor to suggest Strong beers to you. Like, yeah. yeah, and I was just like, man, I you, I like. Well, there's this one subtle variation of vomit, and then there's this other subtle variation of vomit. <laughs> I can't really tell the difference. So I'm like, because you're drinking the wrong vomit, all right? Yeah. Oh, I understand. That's the clip we should use to promote the show for for vomit. <laughs> That's a clip we'll use to promote this episode. What, you're just drinking that? the long. You're drinking the wrong. <laughs> drinking the long vomit. You're, you're drinking, drinking the wrong the, vomit. That's you're what it is. Drinking the wrong vomit. Tune into the juke joint. <laughs> yes, this week at the juke joint, Jacob drinks the wrong vomit. <laughs> but no, um, no. What are some other commercials that stood out to you? Because because I because I remember that one. Then there was the the Bud Light corn syrup commercial, which I found kind of funny. The Bud Light. Um, the, I don't remember that one. There was like the whole like honestly like for the whole first quarter, I was talking to my mother. I really did not care. <laughs> so I mean. It was like one of those things, like I, a lot of things I just tuned out. I know Budweiser had one commercial that a friend of mine really, really loved where a dog was like on top of one of their carriages and mm-hmm. like 
they were playing Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind. Yeah. To which my reaction was, man, he just licenses his music out for anything now, doesn't he? <laughs> He's also got a whiskey out. Dylan's now got a, a brew called Heaven's Door, which, like, okay. Oh, yeah, I think I remember hearing about that, like, God, it feels like forever ago, but I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he did a weird plug for it on Fallon in one of the rare times where I ever thought a bit on Fallon was entertaining, if only because it was, like, as bizarre as Dylan's songs. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess if you're going to have Bob Dylan, you might as well just have him show up and do absolutely nothing. <laughs> have you had a chance like, to try it yet? No. Like, I, I don't even know if any place here is even stocking it. Yeah. Frankly. It sounds like one of those. There, there's, a, there's a similar. I forgot if I'm getting off on a tangent here, but. Uh, no, no, no. With, this uh, is the, the whole point of podcast is tangents. Yeah, we, we talk about anything at any time, so why not do it now? Yeah. Uh, but there's a whiskey in is it North Carolina, I think. Uh, it's, I, don't, I think it's brewed in North Carolina or distilled in North Carolina. Um, but it's. Uh, it's half, I think it's just called Hatfield and McCoy's whiskey. I think that. The, have the, you ever. The story behind. Ever, oh, go ahead. No, you do your thing. I was going to say, the story behind it from what I know is um, the, the Hatfield and McCoy family, which is, you know, infamous story behind that uh i guess modern day the families wanted to get together and a, few, a couple people from each family wanted to get together and they wanted to like you know bridge the gap and you know show that everything's all peachy and stuff now then i guess they uh decided to distill a whiskey which apparently is is very very good it's like one of the best like winning awards all over the place like very very good whiskey but you cannot find it anywhere unless you buy it i think you buy it online it's probably the only place you can easily get it have you ever tried uh dan Aykroyd's crystal skull vodka no no, but I I want to try it now, just because it sounds. <laughs> I, I, this that combination of Dan Aykroyd, Crystal Skull, and vodka, just like that mixed together, is just it sounds like a I lot of saw, fun. I saw I saw a video that um, I asked because like I I saw John Tron's video on the commercials about it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and it like made me just lose it. I like couldn't breathe. It was so funny. <laughs> like. <laughs> I th- he said something along the lines of it was distilled with actual diamonds. <laughs> and, <laughs> so was, and then and then a lot of the commercial was just him like rambling about how aliens exist. Oh man. And how this is our connection to the aliens by like keeping ourselves safe by drinking oh, this vodka. I love this already. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Oh, no. Too many people who ought not be making whiskey or making whiskey. Hey, I mean, I'm not I'm not <laughs> against it. <laughs> Just too... <laughs> I mean, if... Bloody alcoholic. The more whiskey, the better. If... Who else can give me whiskey? We think, who would be the best... Who would be the best person to, uh, to distill any sort of alcohol? You know, who would it be? What would they make? I'm trying to think of, like, the ideal... I'm thinking. I... I maybe Patrick Warburton. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. He... <laughs> He's the guy who plays Joe on Family Guy. <laughs> and uh, a couple of other roles as well. I'm waiting to... But, there's like this big trend of like... Um, I've noticed recently of everyone getting into to winemaking. Like a lot of big names getting in their, their name on wines and just like weirdly yeah. branded wines. I'm waiting for like a Stranger Things wine. Uh, if, if, you ever go to, if you ever go to like Kroger or like one of those bigger grocery stores that have like a giant wine selection, just look at some of the wines people are making. Uh, remember when a winemaking was considered an art and now it's like... 
Here's subtle variations of, like, grapefruit that seems a bit off. Oh, I've got a... <laughs> if you want to talk about cheap wine, i got a two-bottle, two-dollar bottle of uh, Charles Shaw from Trader Joe's, which is, like, this amazing, delicious wine, but it's, like, two bucks, you know? <laughs> like, award-winning, one of the best wines, apparently, you can get on the market, and I just... <laughs> And what, what is it, you know? Everyone drinks yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? What is wine? So What is wine? No, that's deep. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was other commercials, too, at the halftime show. Yeah. I feel like about the whole ones that stood out to me were the uh, beer ones, funny enough. So About half of them were all about how robots can't feel emotions, which after a while I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> You've got a hate boner for technology. <laughs> you talking about the, the robo child, I think? The robo child, there was like a one where it was like robots came up with a commercial i think that was the sprint one um and then there was like one where like robots literally were like integrated with humans mm-hmm. but then like one of them like looked through a window and saw a bunch of humans like at, together at a pub having a good time and it was just sad because it can't feel oh yeah i remember that one and i was like why that's like the third commercial in a row where literally it's just robots can't feel yeah and i'm like what is going on <laughs> why is this the underlying message of the evening <laughs> so i don't know that there, there's a jordan peele commercial for his twilight zone thing mm-hmm. which i thought was a bit clever i didn't see that one which one's that i'm i, I missed a good bit of these because I, I i mean i don't have cables so i couldn't watch the game and try to recap on YouTube later. Yeah, which online. is why I mean that's the thing that uh, I wanted to watch it live because I thought, well, then like then I'll be able to see as many as I can. Mm-hmm. It was like they in the middle of the second quarter they like almost cut back to the game and then it like glitched out and became a c- commercial for Jordan Peele's Twilight. Hmm. Which man did he like redefine his career with Get Out? Now didn't he? Oh jeez! You go from being sketch comedy writer and performer to now like horror master. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this next one. Yeah. All right. So I mean, like they were okay. Yeah. But let's talk about let's talk about that halftime show. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I laugh a lot, but that's beside the point. Well, but we're we're very funny people. Ah, ha, ha, ha. I should do the Elon Musk laugh, but I don't know what that oh, is. Oh man, he, he does an interview with um uh, Joe Rogan. It's just like oh yeah, now, when he did the he made that face, yeah. the smoking weed so, and all that. But every now and then it's like oh so uh, Elon, have you ever uh, smoked weed? Ha ha ha. <laughs> that's how it goes. It's like, this is God, weird. That's a cool no, interview, no, nonetheless. He, like, I don't know. He's torn between trying to save the world and being so pretentious. Oh, rich. did you see his, uh, he, he put out a tweet the other day. It was like, I just bought stankmemes.com. It's uh, like, what? <laughs> and then you, go, you click on it. He went on a weird thing, like, a couple of months ago about the press, which I was like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> the, dude's a, the dude's a character. I'll give him that. He's a character, but, like, man, I, I'll, God forbid if I'm going to have him be my savior. So <laughs> Invest in that company. <laughs> So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but this, the halftime yeah. show it was a bit of an uphill battle for Maroon Five, mainly because well, everyone knew that there were better acts that had originally been booked, and then they all said "fuck you" to the NFL because mm-hmm. of Colin Kaepernick. So then Maroon Five ar- arrived to, or at least Adam Levine arrived to be pitchy as hell. <laughs> Which isn't that great. The man is a host on a singing competition show. He's a judge, and he critiques people on their singing. Mm -hmm. And there he is, in front of the biggest television audience he could find. Incredibly sharp. Well, plus, like, and I don't know, because, I mean, that band's been around for longer than I than I think. So, like, I, I'm I know, expecting all these classics. I know, they like, they, they played the classics, which is cool, but it just, 
I don't know. Something felt out of touch. The performance felt just kind of weak, you know? It I guess I was going expecting like a rock show of sorts, but... Which, I mean, and that's the thing, is that they started off as a rock band, yeah. and I don't know what they are now. They're just like, a you know, a vehicle for Adam Levine to be... Yeah, like there's... Pop, to be like both a combination of pop star and like dad rock icon. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the, it's that, band's, me. that band's full of talent. I mean, you can't deny that. I mean, they can... And it's been proven, they can write some pretty catchy pop songs. Like, their early stuff is... Fine. Yeah, there's even some. It's not my favorite stuff in the world, but it's like at least, you know, tolerable. But I feel like there's some sort of disconnect with the the talent that I mean, I I couldn't. I saw Adam Levine in a backing band. I couldn't see Maroon Five as like an outfit, you know. No, because that they haven't marketed themselves that way for like ten years. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, it's it, it hurts I, my inner. It, it hurts my it hurts my childhood because I, I mean I liked that band as a, as a kid and just something. I felt was glad weird. they didn't play Animals. Yeah, that was. I was glad that that one didn't get played. Yeah. Baby, I'm praying on you tonight. Okay, we're done with that one. (laughs) And then, and then from, and then from Maroon Five came grand disappointment. Was there okay? So I, I watched the recap. I don't know if this happened in the broadcast. Was there a, a SpongeBob bit? Was it not in the? Yeah, this this was that was in the broadcast. Okay, because I, I saw it on the recap. And I'm like, is this actually? Did someone just edit this in? Like, just very what looks like they use like Adobe Animate to like get oh, Squidward to talk. It looked like they animated that on the cheap. Yes, sorry, Bob, they did. But like, no, that was the things that they went in with. The rumor mill was spreading. Oh, Sweet Victory is going to be played at the halftime show in tribute to Steve Hillenburg, which. Like, I wouldn't have placed my bets that Maroon 5 would have done fantastic with it, because mm-hmm. I don't think Adam Levine's voice is suited to that song. Yeah. But had they played the clip or something, like, I don't know how they would have integrated it in for the stadium audience, mm-hmm. but it would have been entertaining. They played a really poorly animated segment with Squidward. Yeah. And then the opening bars of that song, and then suddenly in comes Travis Scott, apparently having crash landed from the Milky Way. <laughs> To then do his thing and be, like, so censored on broadcast that, like, literally there would be, like, ten seconds of silence (laughs) where just an entire verse was like, nope, CBS, (laughs) like, cut it. So, and and the internet was like, well, that was a giant cock tease. Yeah, I don't think, actually, I think at that point, like, they played the Spongebob clip, and then he started, to, and he came out and started to sing, and I'm like, alright, I, I can't do this anymore. It's not to knock on, <laughs> it's not because I don't like Travis Scott, it's because away. the show was just, it was, the show was hard to watch, that's what it was. It was just pain. Because Travis Scott, I think, is awesome, but that show was just, oh, God. I mean, most of them have been. I've never been too impressed with the halftime shows. Even the better ones, I don't think, have very, very good mixing on them. Well, I mean, okay, so, so. I think, at least to me, the benchmark is, if you're going to do a halftime show do Prince that's like the benchmark to me Prince was pretty good um yeah he was alright I guess some- well cause he made the most of it I mean I liked um Tom Petty's Tom personally. Petty's was awesome yeah his was really nice um, but, but that was uh, just him going up and playing some songs like any other concert, you know. It just condensed it. Well, and the same thing with McCartney. McCartney did the same thing. Which I guess yeah. is, I guess is, that's kind of what I want. You know, I don't, I don't want flashy gimmicks. I just want like talented musicians going up there and doing their thing. You know. I mean, this that actually brings up a question on my end, which I think is fascinating. Is that um, a lot of the time now it was like that? That sort of represented like the classic rock period of Super Bowl halftime shows mm-hmm. because you'll notice that they started getting established acts the minute JT pulled off Janet's wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> and it suddenly was like, okay, flashy pop acts, we can't really trust you right now. So 
Let's uh, bring in the established classics. Yeah, that was like what was it like Bruce, was it Springsteen and some other ones in that time. Springsteen yeah. at that time, The Stones, McCartney, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. Prince. But the thing is, is that what it fascinates me about it is that, quite frankly, and this is a generalization, I know it, but I would imagine that the people who are watching the Super Bowl are the football fans who are primarily like dudes. Yeah, dudes in their like. 20s to, well, hell, to their 60s and 70s. Yeah. And I would imagine that if they are going to watch the halftime show, they would want the rock acts more so than the pop ones. Or, you know, even, I'm, I'm even thinking, That would like, be my assumption for the audience. Or even, like, a, like, like, country, like, why not, like, a Keith Urban or someone like that, you know? I feel like that's more fitting. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine they would want, you know, for a lack of a better term, I would imagine they would want cock rock <laughs> more so than these, like, flashy pop artists. Yeah, I think I don't know. Because I think it's, what is there for them? What is there to appeal to them? That uh, that those would be the artists who I would imagine them being in their cars with this with the FM stereo on, and then they're listening and they go, "Oh, what is this garbage?" And then switch it to the classic rock station. Personally, I would think that, that would be what I the only reason the they put the flashy now. pop acts in there is is for I think I don't know. I could see it trying to appeal to a, a younger generation to like broaden the appeal of not just the NFL but but the Super Bowl in general. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're just trying to make it as diverse an audience as possible. Possible. Which, like, just saying, that might be the case, but if you want to diversify your audience, you don't open, you don't preempt this Super Bowl halftime show with, like, a five-minute-long self-congratulatory, look at 100 years of the NFL as all of our football stars, like, stupidly look at a cake decoration of a football and run around like imbeciles. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't really open it with that yeah. and then go into the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. So, that's me, but I don't know. It was, uh, Big Boy did his thing. Did he stick around long enough to see Big Boy's appearance? Big Boy, no. Uh, you you couldn't finish it, could you? Uh, you were just like, I had enough. No, it like, it's like Scott, I said. I like, like, when I, Travis Scott beamed in from the moon, you were like, nope. Let's say I'm not, I've never been a flashy, you know, I, I, I don't like flashy things like that. And I, I don't know. I know there's talent in that group of musicians, but I feel like just the Super Bowl is not the place that that shined for them. I, I think that the Super Bowl halftime show is always just the representative pinnacle of gaudy flashiness mm-hmm. in music. Anyway. What's well, like, I like the Chili Pepper suit, but even that halftime show is a bit with, with, was it the thing with Bruno Mars? Actually, okay, Bruno Mars show was, I think, was pretty rad. That's, that's probably mm-hmm. the most recent one that I enjoyed. But even then, it still had a lot of its flashy bits, and I just, I don't know, just, I didn't really vibe with it 100%. All right. But hey. Well, I mean, I, I it's to me, it was an ever typical, like, eh, halftime show. <laughs> I think it's the end result of what happens when everyone else says no. So uh, This is a question I, I'm sure you can answer too, but I, I see it's on a list of things to talk about, and I feel like this might be a good segue, but did The Who mm-hmm. play the Super Bowl halftime show at some point? I feel like I remember yes. seeing that. I believe they did. Okay. I can't remember anything and about that. I don't that. know if it was one of their best gigs, but I know they did, and I know what you're transitioning into. Yeah. So, something that has been giving me joy this week is that The Who have begun the work on making a new record for this year, Mm -hmm. 2019. It's going to come out, and then The Who are going to go on tour in the spring and summer of this year, backed by an orchestra, which I'm seeing. I'm going to see them when they play the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be fun. But uh, Pete Townsend has been posting, like, daily vlogs on The Who website and on YouTube like every
every day. And it just fills me with so much warmth. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, the Beatles are my favorite band, but the Who are, like, probably a real close second. Just because Pete Townsend, I think, is a phenomenal songwriter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to whatever they come up with. It's looking so far like they're just, they're doing the kind of track recording, which I'm not a big fan of. I think it produces a bit too sterile a sound. I recognize that it's easier to mix, but I just, I like what, I like it when the group plays together to make the backing track rather than overdubbing everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, it, they're currently in a stage where they're getting all the rhythm tracks done on Pete's demos, which are always very well produced. And then I guess Roger Daltrey is going to come in later and start choosing which songs he wants to add vocals to. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they in the studio together or is it very broken up? So off? far it looks like it's been Pete Townsend, Pino Palladino who's their uh new bass pl- or new they're the bass player they've been using since the death of John Entwistle mm-hmm. and Zach Starkey who's the drummer they've been using since the 90s mm-hmm. so and I believe, I don't remember the name of the producer, but it's a guy who worked with Oasis. It's not Greg Kirsten, is it? No, it's not Greg okay. Kirsten, which thank God. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like, you know, Oasis producer couldn't be that bad. I think it's fitting. No, I think Oasis was always trying to be a band like the ones from the 60s, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's worthy of uh, attention. Mm-hmm. But also, I would say that uh, the big album that will probably be talked about this weekend is Ariana Grande's new record. Yeah, which I haven't checked out yet. I have. So let's get into, let's start wrapping up the show with our reviews of things, uh-huh. our little recommendations, or reviews, I would say. So, um, yeah, I listened earlier today as I was coming into the studio. I listened to Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. It's been released only a couple of hours ago, as of recording um it's eh. <laughs> like here's the thing before anyone gets on me for being predisposed predisposed to hating um, modern pop music uh let me say for the record um i believe there is a way modern pop can represent you know someone going through horrible experiences and then coming out triumphant my prime example for this would be uh kesha's rainbow album i did not like kesha's early records and rainbow i thought was pretty solid Mm -hmm. so i think that there is a way of doing it properly um thank you next is i think the audience that wants it to be good are gonna like it anyway Mm -hmm. just because they want it to be good for me i think it's pretty dull. Yeah. I mean, I guess I got my hopes up too high with the opening track being named Imagine. Like, there's only one other thing I think of when I hear that name word. <laughs> um, the track Needy, it's got a good melody, but it needs uh, more fully realized production and better lyrics than just mumbled offhand rambles, which is what the song Bad Idea has. It's pretty well fully realized, and because of that, it would be the highlight of the record for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the track Makeup almost reaches the heights of Bad Idea, but it's lyrics are less impressive to me. Yeah. Um, the single Seven Rings hopes it can make up for its lack of inspiration by just stealing melodies from Sound of Music. Um, the title track, the number one hit single title track is as unimpressive as the first time I heard it. Um, and on the closing track, Ariana says that she's bored and I believe her because I am too. <laughs> Throughout most of the record, if she isn't ASMRing her teen Nick voice into my ear, she's trying so hard to sound like Beyonce and just isn't convincing me. There's, you know, 
It's a typical, it's typical of the modern pop thing of let's do trap hip hop beats, have everything be way oversynthesized, mumble like half finished lyrics, and then people are just eating it up. I don't know why that's acceptable to me. To me, it feels like just sketches of unfinished sh- song. So, I don't know. In my mind, personal triumph, if this is a personal triumph, which I guess it is, well, personal triumph to me has never sounded so tired and sleepy. So I have to give this a four out of ten. Two stars out of five. And now that we've you, completely Aaron? ripped that up, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, my uh, my big hits for the week are, um, I'm going to get on my list here real quick. Um, well, I guess the ones that stuck out to me the most is uh, there's a band called Transit, which uh, was, you know, they're big in that scene that I came up with in college with all the, not pop punk bands, but kind of that, that realm of, of indie pop punk influence stuff, you know, that I listened to. It was like me and Eamon and all those guys. And then, the, you know, my band and stuff as well. But uh, the, the guitar player for that band um, passed away this past week. So I've been, I've, I've been going back through their catalog and stuff. Um, yeah, it's been very nostalgic, I guess this is, is the best way to put it. But uh, yeah, Transit, uh, their latest album or their last album joyride which came out i think five years ago at this point so it's, it's, it's a cool it's just a good indie like summer record i think it's a good way to put it but uh that's been my jam for the week um yeah just very emotional as well so very nice very nice yeah so well i believe that is going to wrap us up for this week on the juke joint next week we'll be talking about other things we might talk about the oscars they've officially announced they're no hosting it this year (laughs) they finally came to uh, a conclusion huh they finally came to a conclusion but we'll talk about that probably next week Mm -hmm. i have been jacob whitmer i he's been Aaron. i think i've been Aaron. new i don't know (laughs) who who were you who were you this week i don't know we'll see this week i'm feeling more like a like Tim. Call me Tim. Just kidding. Uh. All right, Timothy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is the Juke Joint. Uh, be sure to like us and uh, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a review if you feel so inclined and share us with your friends. That would be it's absolutely phenomenal. Share us with your friends. Share us. Not the show, just us. Just us. We're available 24-7. Right in. I'll hand you my left arm. <laughs> we got links to all of our social media and stuff in the show notes. And uh, be sure to join us as we do new episodes most every Tuesday morning. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's the end. He's, he's unsure, but I'll admit it. Yes, it's the end. Oh God. Thank you. Bye-bye.